You wanted to talk about the intellectual dark web, which is a new concept to you. How did, why are we here? I went through a YouTube rabbit hole the other day and I ran into the term a few times and I didn't really exactly know what it was. It sounded very interesting. The title in itself is, um, raises quite a few questions and uh, also, you know, these pictures in my mind of it, it such as dark web. It sounds like a creepy place where you go to like buy children's slaves. <laughs> It, right. Well, like, I think that you know those things do happen in the dark web. You know, it it got, it's it's in the title. So I'm actually just intrigued and in, into what it is and and who who are these people. So um, just by being a, a dork for psychology and philosophy, I've been a fan of the people who are who constitute the intellectual dark web. But uh, I actually didn't know the history of it until now. So let's read a little history um, of it. It was coined by a fella named Eric Weinstein, Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's an economist, and he said, this, this is a quote, the so-called intellectual dark web will take whatever is happening in the world and will try to analyze it, but very often it sounds very different than what you see in the typical mainstream publications, particularly those that we on the left have depended upon for curating the interpretations of what is happening in the world. Um, so... Eric Weinstein is is one member. Another is Brett Weinstein, who is his brother, who was um, subject of a controversial thing that we'll talk about. Another is Jordan Peterson, a Jungian psychologist. Uh, another is Ben Shapiro, an anti-Trump conservative. Another is Sam Harris, a hardcore atheist Hillary Clinton fan. It's it's silly to, to even mention politics next to their names because they're all of an intellect that's sort of above politics, even though they have their point of view. Um, so what do you want to know? Well, I want to know, um, exactly what the term means, who it refers to and, and what are they up to? Okay. So it referred to that group of people. There's, there's more, but, um, that those are sort of the, the mascots of it, the superheroes of it. And it's essentially, they're just thinkers. That's it. And what, what are thinkers? They look at the nature of reality and the, the nature of humans and current events and talk about it, which used to just be boring. Uh, but then the world started getting really weird the past couple of years, and they have very wonderful insights on human nature. And a lot of them, maybe all of them, most of them, uh, have been severely attacked. I'm talking death threats being called horrendous names, their families being threatened, um, the media attacking them for their opinions, which is strange because... Rarely do they have very sharp, bold opinions. Um, nothing super evil or racist or bigot or any of that stuff. They're often accused of being Nazis or KKK leaders. And and I say this not just because I've seen this thousands of times. Okay, let's, let's be less um, metaphorical. Hundreds of times in the mainstream media. But the majority of my friends who are smart people, who are ethical, good people will hear me talk about liking Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, Brett Weinstein, Ben Shapiro, any of these, or at least just going, hey, I watched this interesting video. And their response is usually, oh, the Nazi guy, applying to any of those people. Ben Shapiro's Jewish, by the way. Um, I've gotten that response, oh, the Nazi guy, oh, the sexist guy, oh, the KKK leader, 
oh, the alt-right terrorist. I've gotten that response from close best friends of mine more often than not. And I start to ask them, why? Why do you have that opinion? They go, oh, well, I saw on Facebook that, um, you know, Ben Shapiro is a Nazi leader. I go, did you look into it? They go, no, but I heard that he said women are evil. I go, send me the article. And I read the article and it has nothing to do with that. It's actually more just an opinion, one surrounded by critical thinking, nuance, assessing all sides. And here's the result. Here's the common factor across all of these people who are very different people, very different backgrounds, um, very different political worldviews. Um, they all are willing to say things that go, human beings aren't perfect. And there's room for improvement. That's the common factor in all of them, which is what all kindergarten teachers are supposed to do. But we're in an age where if you say you're not perfect, you hurt feelings, and hurt feelings are the evilest thing nowadays, it seems to be. So so that's a, a general two cents on it. What's your interpretation of it from your... Wait, wait, really quick. Uh, so you're saying that Shapiro actually said that women are evil? No. I, I've done my research on... Uh, on the list of the people I mentioned here, Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, and Brett Weinstein, I've put uh, deep uh, dozens, if not hundreds of hours of research and, and um, just listening to what they have to say, watching videos, reading articles for those four people. That Eric Weinstein character, I just learned who he was an hour ago. I didn't, I didn't know he was part of this, but he's the one who coined the term intellectual dark web, which is why we even brought him up. So I've not heard any of them say anything that um, um, categorizes people into a corner and says everyone like this is bad. Now, they might have bold opinions. Ben Shapiro is severely anti-abortion. Um, Sam Harris is severely atheist. But they, they, they will always communicate the, the various perspectives around the pros and cons of their issues. And then they might preach about it because, you know, they, they stick to a strong worldview. They're, they're not necessarily standing in the middle and preaching nuance in how to think. They're saying, here's what I believe, here's why. And they expand into thought process and other educations based off of that. So you're saying that perhaps uh, they, took, they took these things out of context. Absolutely. So that's what's happened. And, and I'm speaking personally from my interactions with my close friends and acquaintances who all come to the same conclusion. They're saying, this person's a Nazi, this person's a KKK leader, this person's a sexist and a rapist, and, and uh, there's not one even ounce of data nearing these concepts. So I go, what's going on here? So let, let's get psychological here. How come anyone who's perceived as uh, bad instantly becomes the ultimate villainous names you could possibly say? Are there worse names than those names that I just said? No. I don't think... I think us, us humans are silly and we like to be very dramatic with what we say. Maybe it's exciting to be dramatic and go, that bad person's real bad. That good person's real good because the mind likes to categorize and pump up the drama and you feel something when someone's really good or really bad. But um, anyway, the common factor of these people is they hurt feelings. They don't mean to. They're not bullies. But, you know, like, let's say um, Sam Harris has a very strong worldview on atheism. Jordan Peterson has a very strong worldview on uh, uh, 
spiritual interpretation. Um, ben Shapiro is very Jewish. Um, that might really hurt people's feelings. Not like they're preachy of spirituality per se, but that's just one example. Um, Brett Weinstein and his wife, uh, they study biology. So they might have two cents on certain issues and it might hurt people's feelings. Let me, let me list some of the common issues that are brought up in the intellectual dark web. Um, fundamental biological differences between men and women, which has become a debate. Um, and what they do is they debate it and they put in their uh, worldview and their perspective and their expertise behind it. And it's part of a philosophical discussion, but people just yell, no, and they refuse to listen to the details. And they, thus they gain protesters. Thus the media often will side with the mob. It just seems to be the way it is. I don't know why. And well, you know, this is my personal opinion too, but um, I think that they, they jump to these very dramatic uh, assumptions because they're actually getting attention. And I think that that attention, you know, is what's prompting them to be so dramatic in the first place. Who? The speakers? No, people in general. The people on Facebook. Oh. Uh, perhaps your friends. You know, you were saying that, you know, they, they were so exaggerated in, in whatever they Yeah, said. well, so that's that's a great mystery. Um, I'm sure this it, it's a multivalent issue. It's an issue with a lot of reasons, but... Um, yeah, what, there, there's something strange about people will read half of a headline in the corner of their eye and the headline is poorly researched, completely false, very lopsided towards a left or a right or a gender this or a gender that or a, a culture this, a culture that. Pick Hashtag the, me too. <laughs> pick the most extreme, super extreme side of that issue, write the most shocking headline about it, then like say... A, very rational people will read half the headline in the corner of their eye, not even read the whole headline, not read the article and go, that person must be bad. And it becomes very robotic. It's very, it's very strange. Um, so these, these thinkers, these are brilliant philosophical thinkers. And here's the deal. I get to say they're brilliant philosophical thinkers. And I also get to say, I disagree with a lot of what they say, because that's called being human. Uh, we seem to be in this era where if you, if someone doesn't tell you 100% of your own opinion, they're bad. These people have been deemed as bad for that very reason. But they've also gained um, a lot of traction because they're just so intelligent and they, they're very responsible and concise with how they think. And how they think is often backed by wisdom and experience and study and responsibility. Um, so they've gained their own group of, of, of fans who just want to hear um, worldview that's not scared of hurting feelings. But, and the hurting feelings are often just, it's not bully stuff. It's, it's just going, here's what I've studied and here's what I've learned. Here's what, the, here's what the science says of today. Here's what psychology says. Here's what my opinion says. Um, or the results of a study. Yeah, Things like that. And, and often they're very responsible to say, and I don't know if this is the case, but here's what the results show right now. But the very scientific method, uh, scientific method plus philosophy plus, um, I don't know, maybe, plus here's what I'm working on. I don't have a conclusion yet, that sort of thing. Um, that's not really allowed in our mainstream media and general way of being right now. Thus, they've become the rebels. 
every generation has its rebels. What's what's so interesting is the rebels now are the ones who love school. <laughs> you know, like if you told me in second grade, like when you grow up, you're gonna love learning. <laughs> from teachers in your spare time. Because most of the, uh, Jordan Peterson and Brett Weinstein are um, professors. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I watched Brett Weinstein rise to fame in real time because he was a professor of biology at Evergreen State College in Washington. And there was something that's been going on since the 1970s called the Day of Absence. And it seemed like a, a, a nice um, gesture towards how important minorities are, which was that um, non-minorities... And, and uh, minorities were uh, asked to sort of not be in the same space during the school day. And it would reflect like, here's how important minorities are in the whole machine of, of operations. And uh, there's actually a movie called A Day Without a Mexican, uh, which reflects this. And it's a, a satire comedy to go like, what if for one day all Mexicans disappeared? Like, say Los Angeles would shut down because... Because that's the nature of what's going on, where the, the Mexican population is really running things, or, or, or not running things, being a huge foundational supportive mechanism for cities in our country running. So that sort of thing was happening, but it's it, it became violent recently where um, you were punished if you were a non-minority and you still went to work or went to school. So Brett Weinstein said, well, that's racism. If you're being mad at someone for being born a certain ethnicity, that that is racism. And then it causes whole controversy in the super protest and the school uh, said, we will not let the police protect you. And I watched it real time. So let me dig into my foggy memory. I want to asterisk this and say I might be foggy and wrong. But I think the president of the college said, hey, angry students, I now give you all the power and I will not have the police stop you. And the students were, uh, they took over the school and like locked themselves in the school for, for several days and um, and were threatening Brett Weinstein for wanting to go to work. So he ended up not going to work and he ended up teaching his biology class like from a park. And he ended up getting rewarded like half a million dollars uh, as a result. And, and also it shot him up the fame and Maybe that event is why we have the term intellectual dark web, because it is his brother, the economist, who coined the term. Anyway, so let me list... Wait, how did he get awarded half a million dollars? Because uh, the, he sued the school. Well, that's, that was wise. Because the school said, we will not protect you from... Um, or or we're, we're telling the police they're not allowed to protect you. It was something to that effect. So you have to be careful with my words, because... I watched it in real time. I watched it on the news in real time and followed it um, like throughout the day rapidly. But it was last year and my memory's foggy. But it was something to that effect. Okay, so some of the issues in the, in, in the intellectual dark web, besides the fundamental biological difference between men and women, uh, would be forcing others to call you by your gender pronoun of your specific choosing. So if I say, call me a taco salad, you must call me that, uh, or it is punishable by law. So th- there's actually, a, well, like all complex issues, there's logical reasons for and against such a law existing. In Canada, that was a big issue. That's how Jordan Peterson got shot up, because he was arguing it um, with his background in understanding tyranny and uh, uh, um, 
free, freedom of speech and such. Okay, another which is another issue that comes up a lot. Freedom of speech, should it be allowed or not? Uh, there's a, a great number of friends of mine, friends, not acquaintances, friends, who, who say freedom of speech is evil. What do you think of that? Freedom of speech is evil. Well, I think in a past uh, episode, I, I, I brought that... Um that up to you that I had a friend who was who basically said no freedom of speech is is terrible because not everyone should be able to to express their horrible opinions and then I was very <laughs> very taken aback by that um because I'm a pro uh free speech kind of a person so yeah it's I can't believe that that people actually think that honestly yeah, so um, it's strange because it seems to be the majority opinion of humans around me, and I'm, uh, and these are people I, I respect and love. Um, they believe that freedom of speech should be banned by law. I don't know where this came about. I've never heard this notion before three years ago, but um, their idea is it comes from a place of love, which is bullies are bad. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Nazis are bad and Nazis shouldn't be allowed to talk about Nazi stuff because then they might recruit more Nazis. Um, and also, we've all had our feelings hurt by that mean person in second grade who called us a poopy face or whatever, and they want it to be punishable by law. That kid who called me a poopy face in second grade, Jonathan, uh, should go to jail <laughs> for calling me a poopy face because it hurt my feelings. Um, so Another issue is, uh, should we... Hire people based on ethnicity and gender only, or should we um, hire people based on their skill, talent, responsibility, discipline, etc.? Um, so these are the four major issues. There's more, and as topical things come up, uh, those get dissected. But those four issues are the ones that I think whenever they go to talk about any of these things, protesters show up, sometimes very violent protesters, and then that just cascades this crazy chain reaction of of complex topics that then are worth talking about. And more and more and more, uh, these people just become either heroes or enemies depending what side of your opinion you base yourself on. Or then there's the wonderful people, hopefully the people listening to this who go, I want to listen to it all because that's what knowledge is. Um, so that's the intellectual dark web. And it's very worth looking into. And you're going to hear smart things that you go, I don't know about that. And you're going to hear smart things where you go, I don't know about that, but that sounds good. And then you're going to hear things where you go, I've always believed that. And that's a really intelligent way to word it because these people are so good with words. It's amazing. <laughs> Do you have any more thoughts or questions on yes, this? Yes, I want to I wanna, uh, bring up something you said earlier that, that you said that, you know, you... You admire these people, but you didn't actually agree with everything that they said. And why? Because you're human. Well, I would like to say that it's perhaps being a good human. You know, that you actually have a brain of your own, that you have your own opinion. It seems today uh, you're not allowed to have your own opinion. Right. Well, we say today, but this has been a, this is a common issue that's been studied in all traditions and histories and this happens like every 20 years through all human history in every culture all the way back to um you know as early as writing could exist which is 
there's the human mind and the human mind is a very limited good or bad yes or no uh judgmental categorization machine and generally we just think with that and then it, it, it we're also rewarded by validation from the mob the mob goes you are good you think like us and then we go i'm part of a family i'm in a group and groups are safe from a biological perspective you want to be in that group because the statistical odds of you starving or dying are are low when you're in a group. So we're wired to want to be in a mob, but it's very interesting when the mob, um, you know, gets weird in the mental, emotional kind of way. And we lose nuance. And that's the real issue here. Nuance of an issue. Um, This person is against this. I disagree with them. Fuck them and die. I hope they die. Well, how about we say... um, I disagree with you. You got some good points, though. I still disagree with you. Anyway, when it comes to talking about the other thing, you're very smart, and I want to hear more, you know? Um, But this has gone back forever, and uh, the founding fathers of of the United States really acknowledged uh, that scary line between a mob and, and the freedom of speech, and that's what they tried to instill, say, in the foundational programming of this country, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, but then also like we need order uh, to manage the chaos. Um, There's no answer to this, except that people need to think for themselves. And the great question, the great work forward is how do we teach people, one, that they're not thinking for themselves, and two, how to think for themselves, and three, what's the um, gifts and curses that will come along with that? Completely concur. Completely concur. Thank you so much. You better concur (laughs) with me or I'll kill you. Nuance. Uh, Yeah, that's that's where we gotta go. And and, and probably the best way to, uh, the best study of what's going on here is Carl Jung's notion of the shadow, which we've talked about in a different podcast. But shadow is basically the parts of us we don't like because we're imperfect. Our flaws, our monsters, our ugliness on the inside. Um that we're blind to because it hurts. We need to face that. But we're in this weird era of we're rewarded for being mad. We're rewarded for being lazy. We're rewarded for never facing pain. And no one ever teaches us that the ultimate rewards come from becoming stronger. And that doesn't just mean physically. It means mentally and emotionally as well. But everything about Earth, of human life in the year 2018 is the opposite. It's join the mob. If you're not in the mob, we'll punish you, which is pain. Um, Stop growing. Stop learning new things. If you grow and learn new things, you'll be punished because it hurts to grow and learn new things. And your friends and family uh, will theoretically rebel against you in some ways. Um, You might speak what you think to be the authentic truth based off of research, and then people will call you really horrible names. I was actually called a Nazi for saying that um, it's okay that people have opinions. Wow. On, on Instagram, it was a picture of a pug, uh, a pug's face on a gorilla gorilla's body because it, it looked really funny and weird. And I like pugs. And it said uh, something to the effect of, it's okay if people have opinions. And then um, someone I knew back in high school um, accused me of being a Nazi because she said, well, Nazis have opinions and you're saying all opinions are okay. Therefore you are a Nazi. 
And she wasn't joking, and that was the weirdest part. And she said that I, I engaged like a silly person in conversation, not angry conversation, not a name calling, but I tried to convince her of my own worldview, which then, by the way, puts me uh, on the naughty list. <laughs> and uh, the conclusion was that by law, most people's opinions should not be allowed to be had by law. That was her. Um, These are scary times we live in, honestly. I. Yeah. I fear, oh, she's I fear... a, and she's an anthropology major. <laughs> well, that's it's it's not even a laughing matter. I mean, it, it you know. These people that we we deem our friends and we deem you know educated that should have nuance are are reacting reacting this way and it's it's kind of scary. What kind of world you know will we have in a, a few years? Hopefully, you know it it makes me it makes me really I don't know deaf tired. Yeah, it it just it's not a good thing. It inspires me. It makes me excited. It also frustrates me. But then also, see, even through the, the um, as this podcast has traveled, we, our conversation has do, uh, uh, devolved into notions of this person is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad, which is fine. But you see how easy it is to go, this is good, this is bad, et cetera. So that's the mind at work. And we want to learn about that and then go, well, okay. We know we're separate from the mind. I don't know how best to put it because there's various ways to look at it, both spiritual and atheist and material science. But the best way I could put it, and I'm going to leave it at this, is when you are staying, when you're very stressed out and you're trying to sleep because you got to wake up in four hours, but you're stressed out and your mind is racing and it's keeping you awake and you go, mind, shut up so I could sleep. Because I know what's best. I know the long term, which is tomorrow I'm going to be dead. And the mind doesn't listen to you, which then shows me in some capacity, however you want to see it, we are not our mind, but our mind can dominate us. Meaning we're the puppet to something less than us, less smart than us, less capable than us. Similar to how our emotions and our body can run away and enslave us. And we tell them not to, but we don't have the strength to dominate them and domesticate them. And I think that is one mighty major mega step in how to overcome all of this. Teaching ourselves this and teaching others this. And I don't know the ethics of teaching other people things because it's up to them. On that note, um, thank you for listening.